Hello, Epic Church. How's everybody today? Hey, my name is Brian. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and uh, we got any 80s people in the house? Any 80s people in the house? Woohoo! All right. I'm a product of the 80s. I believe the 80s was the greatest decade that there's ever been. All right. Let me just put all my cards on the table. I believe we had the greatest fashion. I believe we had the greatest bands. I believe we had the greatest music. I believe we had the greatest hair. You remember those days? All right. And uh, our band did a fantastic job at that cover song by U2. And uh, in 1987, that song was released on the Joshua Tree album. But in 1987, when U2 um, released that song, uh, they didn't land on any new groundbreaking concept. Um, They just found another way to ask the same question that people have been asking for all of human history. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to continue with a sermon series that we started uh, two weeks ago called Alexa. And what we're doing in this particular sermon series is we're just kind of answering some big questions that people are asking uh, about God today. Um, so thanks for showing up at Epic today. If you're tuning, onli- tuning in online today, we just want to say welcome to our worship experience. And we'd love to hear from you. So we'd invite you to visit our church's website at theepicchurch.com. And we'd love to connect with you outside of today's experience. So we're just going to kind of dig into what we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks, and we're going to continue this series. If you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, Trent taught us uh, who God is. And the big question that we asked is, who is God? And what we learned um, is that uh, God is not this cosmic cop who's sitting up in heaven with his bag of light- lightning bolts waiting on us to, to mess up and to screw up so he can destroy in our, our lives. That's not the concept of the God of the Bible. And what we learned is that as we live our life and as we experience the things that life throws at us, God's a cheering us on. God is for us. God wants us uh, to experience everything that he created us uh, to experience in life. Um, Last week, we asked the question, shouldn't we just tolerate everybody? Shouldn't we just all get along and put up with everybody else and, and just all get along? And what we learned last week is that Jesus never commanded us to tolerate anybody, but he commanded us to love everybody. And today, we're going to continue that series by answering this question right here. What's my purpose? Uh, what's, why do I exist And I would dare say that if we would all be honest with each other, and I'll be the first one to put my cards on the table today, there's been many times in my life where I've asked that question. And maybe you're here today, and there's been times or seasons in your life where you've asked that question, man, what is life all about? What's my life all about? What's what's my purpose in life? And what I want to help you understand today is that we've made a conscious choice and a decision to answer these big questions uh, from a biblical perspective because we believe the Bible has the answers to the questions that we have about life. So today we're going to jump in and, and we're going to try to answer this question that uh, what is my purpose? Why, why do I exist? I want to start in the Old Testament in the book of Ecclesiastes. And the book of Ecclesiastes was written by the third king of the nation of Israel. His name was Solomon. And before I read the passage of scripture that I want to read today to start out, let me give you just a little bit of a backstory about the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? Uh, the Bible tells us that Solomon uh, was the wisest person who ever lived. God gave him amazing mounts of wisdom and knowledge to govern the nation of Israel. And on top of that, the Bible says that he was a very, very wealthy king. 
He had all the resources that you could ever imagine or dream at his disposal. And, and, and to make a long story short, and I would encourage you to read through the book of Ecclesiastes at some point in time, but what Solomon does is he gives us kind of his diary at the end of his life about what he learned about his existence, what the meaning and purpose of life really was all about at the end of his life. And Solomon tried it all. And you can go read this in the text. Solomon tried money. Solomon tried power. Solomon tried possessions. Solomon tried sex. Solomon tried relationships. Solomon experimented with everything out there. And at the end of his life, he wrote this dialogue and this diary to help us understand what life is really all about. And to make a long story short, what he tells us is that life is meaningless apart from a relationship with God. Listen to how he starts uh, the book in Ecclesiastes chapter number one and verse number two. He says, everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Man, that's a way just to kind of draw your audience in it, and all right? Just uh, kind of like a downer big time right there. Uh, but what he's saying there is that everything that I've experienced in my life is meaningless apart from my relationship with God. And he goes on to say in verse number two, what do people get for all their hard work under the sun? Generations come and generations go, but the earth never changes. The sun rises and the sun sets, then hurries around again. The wind blows south and then it blows north. Around and around it goes and it blows in circles. Rivers run into the seas, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are never content. And then in verse 9, he says, history merely repeats itself. It's all been done before. Nothing under the sun is truly new. Sometimes people say, here's something new. But actually, this is old. Nothing is ever truly new. We don't remember what happened in the past. And in the future generations, nobody will remember what we are doing now. So Solomon starts off his, this book in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes, by telling us that, that life is meaningless. My, life, life has no purpose or so, no significance apart from a relationship with God. And, and I want to try to help us answer that question today from a, from a biblical perspective. So I want to begin with this question today. What does it mean to have purpose? What does it mean to have purpose? Um, I think the answer to the, to the purpose question uh, is this right here. And if I could define purpose for you, it would say this right here. Uh, purpose is the original intent or the reason for which something was created. The original intent or the reason for which something was created. Do we have any uh, DIY people in the house today? Anybody like to work with their hands, do-it-yourselfers? All right, I'm a, I'm a DIY guy. I like to, uh, to work with my hands, and, and I like to work with tools. So I brought some of my, some of my power tools with me today, okay? Uh, I'm not exactly sure what the technical uh, name for this tool is. I call it my surgery tool, okay, because I can do some really neat stuff with this tool right here, all right? Um, I've got a jigsaw uh, right here in case I need to cut a radius, um, um, I've got a, an impact wrench in case I need to drive a socket. Uh, I've got a regular uh, screw gun in case I need to drive a screw or drill a hole. Uh, I've got a, a grinder in case I need to sharpen something. 
Um, I've got a sander uh, in case I need to smooth something out. And if I just need to sling some sawdust, I got my handy dandy skill saw, okay? And I can do some damage with these tools. But you know what I've learned about tools as I've worked with tools uh, in most of my adult life? What I've learned is that each and every one of these tools has a unique purpose. In other words, you can't do with this tool what you can do with this tool. And you can't do with this tool what you can do with this tool. And every tool that, uh, that I've shown you today has a unique purpose for which it was created. You know something else that I've learned about these tools? Uh, these tools weren't created and invented just to sit on a shelf in a box store and let everybody walk by and just look at them and admire them and say, oh, what nice tools they are. I've also learned that, that at the end of the day, these tools have a specific task. But here's something that's really important that I've learned about these tools. These tools cannot perform their task unless they're placed in the hand of a craftsman. And when you place these tools in the hand of the craftsman, then they can accomplish the purpose for which they were created. Does that make sense? All right, so, so we're all tracking together on, on the same page. Okay, remember the purpose is this idea, the original intent or the reason for which something was created. So back to our original question, all right? What does it mean to have purpose in life? Uh, if you're a note taker, I would encourage you to write this next statement down because this is our big idea for today, all right? This is our, is our key takeaway uh, for part three of our Alexa series, all right? Here it is, ready? Purpose gives my life significance. Let me say it again. Purpose gives my life significance. In other words, if my life is going to have purpose and significance, it's going to only happen when I place my life in the hands of the master craftsman who created me. See, that's what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. He says, I've tried it all. And at the end of my life, the only thing that mattered, the only thing that brought meaning and significance and purpose to my life was my relationship with God and what I allowed him to do in me and through me. The Bible is full of, of great principles and truths. And Trent told us a few weeks ago that we were going to answer these questions that we're asking in this series from a biblical perspective. Uh, so I want to take us to the New Testament now, to a, uh, to a New Testament letter called the Little Book of, of Colossians. Colossians was written by a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul. We talk about him a lot here at Epic because he wrote most of the New Testament part of our Bible. And he probably, in my opinion, is one of the greatest Christians who ever walked on planet Earth. And God used him to do amazing things in and through the local church in the very first century after Jesus resurrected from the grave. And he writes a little letter to a group of people in the city of Colossae. That's the reason why it's called the Colossians book in our Bible. And in Colossians chapter one in verse number 16, here's what Paul said in that book of the Bible. He said, for everything, absolutely everything, visible and invisible, got started in him. Now let's stop right there for just a minute, okay? Uh, the him that he's talking about there is, is Jesus, all right, God in the flesh. She says for everything, absolutely everything, the things we can see, the things we can't see, the things that are visible, the things that we can touch, 
the relationships that we have around us. The Bible says everything that, 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 that was created, visible and invisible, got started in him. And look here, and finds its, what's that word? Purpose in him. Everything finds its purpose in Christ. If you were to read the Bible in chronological order, um, one of the very first books of the Bible that was written in the ancient world is the book of Job. And in Job chapter number 12 and verse number 10, here's what Job said about life. It said, the life of every living thing is in his hand. Same his that Paul used in Colossians. Talking about Jesus, the creator of the universe. He said, every living thing, the life of every living thing is in his hands and the breath of every human being. I came across a quote a couple of weeks ago by a famous atheist named Bernard Russell. And at the end of his life, here's what Mr. Russell came to the conclusion. After he'd spent a life trying to figure out the meaning and purpose of life uh, apart from the existence of a God, he said this, unless you assume a God, big G God, he said, the question of life's purpose is meaningless. So what I want to do today is kind of give you two options or two approaches, so to speak, as to uh, how we go after searching for purpose and significance in our life. And I would dare say that most of us fall into this category at some point, uh, this first category at some point in time um, in our life. The first approach that, that people kind of seek after in, in, in trying to find purpose in life is what I call speculation. It's the speculation approach. And, and the speculation approach always begins with ourself because uh, if we'll really be honest with each other, um, and we kind of want ourselves to be the center of our world, don't we? All right, we want to kind of make it about us. And, and, and the speculation approach always begins with ourselves because we ask questions like this Well, what do I want out of life? Anybody ever ask that question? I have. Uh, what do I want to be? I mean, what kid, nine, 10 years old, riding down the road with her mom and dad and sees a fire truck come by with its lights and its bells and its whistles or, or a police officer uh, in public somewhere, what kid hasn't asked the question, well, what do I want to be uh, when I grow up? We ask the question like, what should I do with my life? What are my dreams? What are my goals? What are my passions? Uh, what are my interests? And those are all great questions. Nothing wrong with answering, asking those questions and trying to, trying to answer those questions. And, and uh, if you were to go to any bookstore today, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, get on Amazon today, you can click all day long and you can find hundreds, if not thousands, of, of what I call self-help books out there that will do everything they possibly can to help you understand the meaning and significance and purpose in life. And they're all going to have the basic same approach. They're all going to tell you to do things like this. Consider your dreams. Set some goals. Aim high. Focus your life. Figure out what you're good at. Know what your interests are. Believe in yourself. Go for it. And there's nothing wrong with those ideas whatsoever. But here's where those things kind of go wrong. The, the danger in that approach is that those things will only lead to success in life. And success is not the same as significance. Uh, matter of fact, I like to say it this way. Achieving personal success does not equal living a purposeful life. 
Let me say that again. Achieving personal success does not equal living a purposeful life. All you got to do is turn on cable TV and watch the E-Hollywood story or 30 for 30 on ESPN, and you'll see that when it comes to Hollywood and the actor world or professional athletes, uh, many, many of them often at the end of their careers or the end of their, uh, their life, they say, you know what? I built my life on the wrong things. When I graduated high school in 1989, two years after U2 released that album and that song, man, I wanted to be successful. I wanted my life to have meaning and significance. And you know what I thought my idea of success was? I thought my idea of success was to live the American dream and start my own business and be my own boss and make my own hours and make plenty of money and marry my high school sweetheart, which I did, by the way, and have children and, and just live life and enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I thought that was my idea of success. And that was what was going to bring me happiness and significance and purpose. And you know what? By the time I was 23 years old, I achieved all those things. And my life still had no meaning and still had no purpose. You know why? It's because I was trying to find my meaning and my purpose and my significance in people and stuff. And you'll never get it. You'll never find it that way. That's why it's really important that we understand what the Bible has to say about how you get meaning and purpose and significance in life. And in 1993, when I really understood who God was and what he wanted from me in my life, I understood the words of Jesus when he said this in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 25. He said this, if you try to hang on to your life, you're going to lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. In other words, purpose in life does not come from self-gratification. It comes from self-sacrifice. Purpose and significance does not come from self-gratification. It comes from self-sacrifice. And the bottom line with a speculation approach is that when we focus our lives on ourselves, it will never, ever, ever reveal purpose in our life. If I handed you one of these tools and you had never seen it before, how would you know what its purpose is? If you didn't, if you've never seen it before, didn't know what it was supposed to do, how would you know what its purpose was really all for? You'd have to ask the creator, right? You'd have to ask the, the designer, which brings me to my second approach to finding meaning and purpose, and that's revelation. That's revelation. It's the biblical approach. I think it's the best approach to finding purpose and significance in life because revelation takes all the guesswork out of the speculations. Does that make sense? <clears throat> and discover purpose in life, we've got to turn to God's word. We've got to turn to the master craftsman himself, the author and the inventor of life. And in the New Testament part of our Bible, that same guy that wrote the letter to the Colossians wrote another letter uh, to a group of people in a city called Ephesus. It's known as the book of Ephesians. And in Ephesians chapter number one and verse number 11, <clears throat> here's what Paul said. He said, it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. 
He had designs on us for a glorious living and part of the overall purpose that he is working out in everything and everyone. This one verse right here reveals three very important truths about how we find purpose and significance in life. And I want to leave this verse up because I want to point them out to you. And if you'll dig into these three truths today, you will begin to discover what meaning and purpose and significance looks like in your life. Truth number one, this verse tells me that my purpose in life is connected to my relationship with Jesus. Look at what he says. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. By the way, my purpose in life is different from your purpose in life. Uh, my significance, what brings me significance is going to be different than what brings you significance. And all we have to do is look around the room today and know that God is a God of variety, that he loves to create different things and different people. And you are created uniquely by God. Matter of fact, we're going to see in just a minute, he calls you a masterpiece. And God's purpose for your life is different from God's purpose for my life. And your purpose is unique to you, just like my purpose is unique to me. And you know what? For me, my purpose is a calling because God's called me into full-time Christian ministry, into vocational Christian ministry as a, gospel of the, as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know what? For you, it might be a career. And we're all at different stages in our life. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you're a lawyer. Maybe you're a real estate agent. Maybe you're a nurse, maybe you're a doctor, maybe you're a carpenter, maybe you're a plumber, maybe you're an electrician, uh, um, no matter, maybe you're a mom or a dad and your, your world is, is investing in your, in your family and those around you. Can I just tell you, wherever you're at and whatever you do, God wants your life to have meaning and purpose and your meaning and purpose and significance is tied directly to your relationship with Christ. Why? Because he created you. And he knows you better than you know yourself. The second truth this verse teaches me is that Jesus was thinking about me long before I was thinking about him. That's an amazing thought to me. That the creator of the universe, the God of the Bible, Jesus, God in the flesh, was thinking about me even before I was conceived in my mother's womb is what a, an Old Testament passage of scripture says. But he says this right here. He says, long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us. Man, that makes me feel special. That makes me feel important that the God of the universe knows me and knows my life and he wants my life to have significance and meaning and purpose. And he goes on to say there that he had designs on us for glorious living. That can just simply be translated. He wants your life to have meaning and purpose and significance. The third truth this verse teaches me is that my purpose is connected to the greater good of God's plan for humanity. My purpose in life is connected to the greater good of God's plan for humanity. He goes on there to say that part of the overall purpose, there it is again, he is working out in everything and every one. My father gave me a book in 1993 when I surrendered my life to Christ and into full-time Christian ministry. And in the front of that book, it was, he wrote me a little note 
My father had been diagnosed with stage four lung cancer and only been given a few months to live. My dad was a godly man. Um, But he wrote in the, the, the leaflet of that book, he said, son, apart from the Bible, this book has brought more meaning and significance and purpose in my life than anything else I've ever read. And the title of the book is called The Purpose Driven Life. If you've never read it, I would encourage you to read it. But you know what the very first statement in that book is in the very first chapter? Here's what Pastor Rick Warren says in The Purpose Driven Life. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Christ and who he is in you and what he wants to do through you to make a difference in other people's lives. Here's some more good news from Ephesians. Ephesians chapter two and verse number 10. Here's what Paul said. He said, for we are God's masterpiece. Turn to your neighbor and tell him they're a masterpiece. Just say you're a masterpiece. That's great news for us. With all of our hurts, with all of our habits, with all of our hangups, with all of our faults, with all of our failures, you know how, how God sees us? God sees us as a masterpiece. And he says, he has created us anew, here it is again, in Christ Jesus. Why? So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So my purpose in life is connected to my relationship with Jesus. My purpose in life has to do with what God is working out in me and through me to touch other people's lives and to make a difference for him. I don't know how you listen to music, but I'm a lover of music. I love to put my earbuds in and pull up my playlist and just let it fly. Whether I'm riding down the road or uh, when I lay down at night, I almost always every night go to bed listening to music. But you can either listen to music for just entertainment, and that's okay. That's a great way to listen to music. Or you can listen to music to try to get into the mind of the person who wrote the lyrics and the passion and the story behind of the songs that they write. And that's the way that I try to kind of listen to music. So I went back and I, I got some of my 80s music out and I got that, uh, that album from U2 out and I listened to that song that, uh, that our band covered just a moment ago. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And that, that just really helped me understand kind of where Bono was coming from. Matter of fact, Bono said about that song, it's a song that celebrates wanting, And what I discovered as I did some research is that there was a time in Bono's life and some of the original band members of U2 um, where they were really questioning their significance and their purpose in music. And matter of fact, before they ever released their first album, they had already made an appointment with their manager and their producer of that first album and they were going to tell them they were quitting music for good. Because they had a conviction that that just playing music wasn't enough purpose and meaning and significance in their life. And what I learned is the backstory to Bono's life. And what you might not know about the lead singer of U2 is that Bono's a Christ follower. And he's one of the greatest humanitarians that are, that are alive today. He, his organizations and his foundations are doing amazing things all over the globe. And, and, and when I went on to read this article, what I found out is that there was this moment, there was kind of this crisis of belief where he came to this realization that, no, God created him to write music and to write lyrics and to play music 
and to touch people's lives with the music that he created. And he realized that was his purpose. And he realized that was his meaning. And, and that's what would bring his life significance. And, and I don't know if you're a music buff or not, but U2's been one of the greatest bands of all time. They're still relevant today in our culture, uh, in our society. But I got to listening to that song. And I don't know if you've ever really paid attention to the words of that song. I, I want to show you the last verse of that song and just see if it doesn't sound familiar with what we hear in scripture as we read scripture. Here's what he says in the last verse of that song. He says, I believe in the kingdom come. Then all the colors will bleed into one, bleed into one. But yes, I'm still running. And then he says this, you broke the bonds and you loosed the chains. Carried, my, carried the cross of my shame Oh, my shame, you know I believe it, but I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Isn't that amazing? That here's a guy that really understood that God created him to write music. God created him to play an instrument. God surrounded him with people who literally would give him a global platform to help people dig in and wrestle to the ground this idea of what life is really all about and what would bring them meaning and purpose and significance. So let's go back to our question. How do we find what we're looking for? Uh, what does a life of significance and purpose look like? Can I submit two things to you today as we close? Number one, if my life is going to have certain significance and purpose, I've got to surrender my life to God. I've got to surrender my life to God. That's what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 and Ephesians chapter 2. He said it's in Christ that we find our significance. And I get it, especially if you're a guy, especially if you're a macho guy who likes to use these things, surrendering and waving the white flag, that's a concept that's really, really hard for us. But God tells us if our life is going to have significance and purpose, we've got to surrender ourselves. To him. And then the second thing I have to do is I have to give myself away to others. I have to surrender my life to God and I have to be willing to give myself away to others. See, that's the opposite of speculation. That's the opposite of what our culture and our society says when they tell us to make it all about you and life is all about you and you look out for yourself and nobody else. Scripture tells us that we have to give ourselves away to others because he says there that we can do the good things that he planned for us. And part of what God wants to do in us and through us is tied to the bigger picture of humanity and the people that we do life with on a regular basis. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about 3G Sunday next week. And if you haven't signed up for a project, before you leave today, at least stop by the tables and talk to some of our local missions teams about what projects that we still need volunteers to show up at next week. And show up next week uh, if for no other reason saying, you know what, I'm just going to try this giving myself away one time. I'm just going to show up and I'm going to go and serve with some other people and I'm going to help some people that I don't even know. Maybe I'll never ever meet or get to know and I promise you, here what, here's what God will do if you'll show up and serve next Sunday. God will begin to show you that when you give yourself away to others, that's when your life is going to take on meaning and significance and purpose. 
Maybe you're here and you're like, Pastor Brian, I, I, I can't physically work for whatever reason. Maybe you've got a handicap or maybe you're just at a stage in life where you just can't do what you used to do. You know what? We're taking up an offering and you might can give a dollar or $5 or $10 or $100 or whatever it is that God puts on, on, on your heart to give to support the local partners that we minister, with, minister to because we want our county to know and we want the world to know uh, that God is for them and so are we. And we exemplify that when we show up and we give ourselves away to others. I found a, a powerful quote uh, as we wrap up today by a, a rabbi. His name is Harold Kushner. And I want to close with this thought today because I think it kind of sums up everything we've talked about uh, today. Here's what he said about the purpose of life. He said, the purpose, purpose of life is not to win. The purpose of life is to grow and to share. And when you come to look back on all that you have done in life, you'll get more satisfaction from the pleasure that you have brought into other people's lives than you will from the times that you have outdone them or defeated them. In other words, at the end of the day, God says the main purpose of life is to give ourselves away, make ourselves available to him and to give ourselves away. John Maxwell said, the goal in life is not to live forever. The goal in life is to create something that does. And at Epic Church, we're, we're trying to create something that's going to outlast all of us. Something that's going to make a footprint in our community, in our county, in our city, in our state, in our world that's going to outlive all of us. And it's called the local church. And can I tell you, it's one of the greatest things you can ever give your life to. But it starts by being willing to surrender to God himself and to give ourselves away to others. So as we close today, we're going to sing one more song together. And our band's going to come in just a moment after I pray. And the song they're going to lead us in is, is called Build My Life. So as they're leading us in this song, let me ask you to kind of wrestle this question in your mind. What am I building my life on? Am I building my life on speculation? Trying to figure it out on my own? Trying to do my own thing? Trying to provide for myself and, and get satisfaction and gratification in selfish things? Or am I going to take all the speculation out of it and just go to what God says about life and what's really important and build my life on that and build my life on truth? And here's what I can promise you. If you'll ask God what the purpose is that he has for your life, he'll begin to answer you. He might do it through a song. He might do it through a message. He might do it through an illustration. He might do it through a service project. But if you'll, if you'll seriously ask God, God, what's my purpose in life? How can my life have significance? He'll answer you and you'll be the better off for it because your purpose is unique to you. I can I ask you to stand if you're able and I'm gonna pray for us today. Our band's gonna come and we're gonna close with one more worship song today. God, I come to you today. And I thank you so much for your true word. Thank you for the truth uh, that it proclaims. Thank you that we can open it every single week and listen to what you say to us about what life is really all about. And God, I don't know anybody's heart and their life here today, but here's what I know. I know that you know us better than we know ourselves. And, and God, you know the heart that you've put within us. And God, maybe if there's somebody here today who's longing for purpose, 
and significance in life, that today they would find it first and foremost in a relationship with you, that they would surrender themselves to you. Maybe for the first time and cross that line of faith and just say, God, I want to know you. God, maybe it's somebody that needs to come back to you. Maybe it's somebody that needs to recommit themselves to what you want to do in them and through them. And then, God, would you just speak to us about how we can give ourselves away to others? Maybe it's not through 3G Sunday, even though that's going to be a great way. Maybe it's just walking next door to our neighbor today and starting a conversation. Uh, Maybe it's speaking to a stranger at the checkout line when we go to a restaurant or to the store today. Uh, Maybe it's having a conversation with a child or a student on campus this week. Um, God, would you show us the encounters and the opportunities that you give us every single day to give ourselves away and help us to obey you in those moments, knowing that you will use them as stepping stones and building blocks to add value, meaning, and significance that we've never known. I pray all these things in your name today. Amen.